Hi, I'm Dawn Kendall. And I'm Alex Howarth. And this is the Yoga Life Podcast. Season two of the Yoga Life podcast. I'm Dawn Kendall. I'm Alex Howarth. And this week we're going to be talking about happiness. Before we begin, how are you, Alex? How's your week been? I'm good, thanks, Dawny. Um, my week's been great. We were on retreat. It was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, it was really lovely, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah so Dawn and I were in uh, West Lexham, which is a teeny, teeny, tiny place up in. Norfolk somewhere uh not far from Kings Lynn I guess uh and it's just beautiful up there isn't it absolutely with nature and really lovely yeah no it's perfect with a really really wonderful group of yogis as well um so no solid weekend for us wasn't it yes definitely if we sound if we sound tired and wan it's because we had a heavy weekend <laughs> Which isn't how you should sound after the end of a yoga retreat, but I guess when you're the ones working it, then it's a bit different, I suppose. It is it's very different. It's that whole energy in, energy out thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's very also, much, if you're working it, it's very much an energy out. If you're yes. in the retreat and on the retreat, enjoying the retreat, it's an energy in. But it I think it leads very nicely into today's topic as well, because lots of things are covered on retreats that add to happiness so that's always good yeah I love it um how have you have you thought about compassion in the last week I have actually so um I caught myself so there was two things one one of the workshops on um the the retreat I'll stop going on about it in a bit uh (laughs) let me start again the theme of the retreat was change and coping with change and what the second workshop on the Sunday was about how non-attachment and compassion help with change so I used it at Yama and a Niyama and brought them together to teach the yogis on the retreat how to how, how to make coping with change easier so that compassion was very very much in the forefront of my mind all weekend because I was looking to practice what I was about to preach so to speak Um, but also on the first retreat back in July, we knew everyone by one person, didn't we? And then that one person that we didn't know, she was very good friends with someone that we did know. So it was kind of, yeah, everyone seemed very close, very close knit. And it was a very different vibe. Whereas on this one, I didn't know about 50% of the yogis there. Did you? No, no, I would assume you even even less. less, even less. Yeah. Yeah, and Laura, our chef, she she hardly knew anyone either. So it was a really different vibe. But uh, my compassion, I realised, kicked in right from the off. Firstly, when we were sat in that, um, in the opening ceremony, right at the beginning, I was just feeling for them because they were, uh, they must have been nervous, I think, to have, and I do wonder, I don't think it even crossed my mind on the first one, if they were nervous or not in that in the opening ceremony because it was just like all this lot all know what they're in for (laughs) yeah yeah um whereas in this one I did was a bit like oh no I kind of need to do some reassurance here I kind of need to make them feel as comfortable as I probably need to be made to feel comfortable um so it kicked in then and then in that very first class where I was just like you know what I'm not going to be balls out 
normal me in the way that I'm teaching I'm going to tone it down a touch and I didn't for the whole weekend it was just a case of being really aware that some of these people had never practiced yoga with me before um and I was just well I just tried to be really compassionate I tried to put myself in their position what would they need from me right now if I was them and so on and so forth and try to understand their position as best I possibly could and taught the practice accordingly um but yeah it wasn't okay I don't I wouldn't say I made it easier I think I just made it simpler yeah I don't know it, it was there were modifications were different to what I normally would have done um everything I just yeah it was just different and it was purely because of how they must have felt being in that first ever yoga class with me with the group of people most of whom they didn't know yeah it's like easing easing them in yeah lovely yeah what about you um I uh yesterday I had a important chat with a niece of mine Oh, I heard the um, preamble of this story. Of this yeah, event. I just think she's she's nearly seventeen and trying to make massive life choices that are thrust upon you at that age, and ending up in classic teenage meltdown when the parents are trying to have the conversation about it. So I took her for dinner yesterday. I picked her up from school and. Um, we went for we went to a pub and just chilled out. It was actually a really lovely country pub, and there was nobody really in there. It was full of plants. It's really lovely atmosphere. Anyway, just spending some time listening to her. I think that's what I felt she needed was just someone to try and have a bit of compassion alongside her with the struggles of being a teenager. And yeah. maybe not forcing decisions to be made, but just understanding maybe why she's been behaving the way she has or, or and giving her a chance to just explore those feelings and explore options and know that someone's in her corner, um, as much as parents are, definitely. But when you're 16, nearly 17, I guess you feel like the world is against you sometimes. Yeah, I think every teenager feels like that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. She's also very like me when I was that age. So it is quite easy to have compassion for her because I can just take myself back to being there and knowing what I was like and going through mentally and what things swayed all my decisions. And then taking like using my now hindsight to to help her and guide her in perhaps what would be the easy route slash what would probably be the better route. Wow. Um, yeah. How do you feel it went? Okay. I mean, it always seems like it goes okay. And then who knows when I leave, the, drop them back home and see what happens. I haven't heard that World War Three has broken out. So Let's hope hopefully, not. hopefully it's okay. And it's also trying to also teach her to have a little bit of compassion. Um, for herself? For herself, or for her parents. When they've got four children to care about concern be concerned about manage um my sister hasn't got the best health and trying to just teach you know take you know make her think a little bit about you know what can she do to to help that would then be a you know nice thing for the family oh yeah oh let's hope she takes it home let's hope she thinks about it 
yeah i know um i know which way we're both rooting for her to go yeah so let's so, hope she gets to that decision but again it's all on her isn't it yeah yeah it's making the right choices for the right reasons that was all i really wanted to get out of that conversation and that's the best thing yeah. you can say at the end of the day we can't make anyone's choices for them no no oh that's a wonderful way to use your compassion dawn thanks <laughs> good old auntie jobs Eey. oh gosh it's gonna be so interesting when all my sister's kids are that age yeah all ahead of you all ahead of you I think Oof. I've been quite blessed in a way because my sister had them young I feel like well my niece is nearly 17 so although I am old in her eyes she's also <laughs> says to me but you're not old compared to her friends mums and aunties so you know a lot more down with the cool kids although she says words and I'm like what the hell is this what what are you saying I can't even remember what does one that of them mean yeah <laughs> weird that's brilliant yeah oh, dear. <laughs> so today saving the day yeah um so today's topic we're on to happiness which is something everyone knows about the word happiness and I guess we're going to talk about not just the meaning of happiness but what it means for different people, how we can get their steps to get taken along the way. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, so happiness, the elusive happiness. Uh, I feel like we've said this in a previous podcast, but maybe we haven't. I think that if you were to ask, I don't know, 100 people uh, what the meaning of life was, uh, maybe we should put this out on our uh, social media. Yeah, good poll. Um. I think, yeah, what is the meaning of life? Well, what would you say? What, what would, if you were to ask, what is the meaning of life? Disregarding the topic of this podcast, what would you say the meaning of life is? Well, I mean, it would be happiness or contentment, which are very You've definitely things. been mind washed, but mind washed, brainwashed by this podcast. Yes, yeah, I have. I think, but I think it's changed over time, and that's mm. where I've come to. And I looked up the meaning of it, and it said the state of being happy. Um, happiness is a state of being happy. And similar words are contentment, pleasure, satisfaction, and cheerfulness. So. Yeah. So, would you now say to be content, be happy? What would you have said before? I think at different stages it would have been different so at some points it may have been to be successful some points to be to make a family but I don't yeah I think ultimately it is to be happy and and then you could redefine success because success for some is to be happy yeah exactly oh god yeah so you can go down a whole wormhole with that yeah um my I can't remember what my purpose or what I thought my meaning of life was a few years back. If we were to look at the meaning of life from an evolutionary perspective, it's very much to reproduce, continue the species, etc. Um, yeah, and it would be success for other people. It would be uh, to survive for others, which is horrific, but probably true. Um, and then, yeah, it would be to earn loads of money to have a certain level of status other people might be to make change or have an impact uh something like that uh but i think most people if you were to ask 100 people i think the largest percentage that was elvis <laughs> the percentage of people would come out as to be happy 
or what people would deem to be happy. Um, and so I feel like it's a topic we should definitely talk about because that's what everyone wants. But if we look at it from a yoga sense, obviously being a yoga podcast, we should bring it back to that. The point of life is to, um, I guess, to move forward spiritually, to eventually reach enlightenment. Um, so in that sense, we should probably cast our mind back to episode one, series two of the adding more spirituality into our life and becoming more spiritual because they, those will take us on the steps that we need to reach enlightenment. And so from a yogic perspective, the meaning of life is quite different to perhaps a very Western view, whether it would be success, reproducing or happiness. Yeah. But what the great thing is about the yogic path is as you work along that spiritual path, you're probably going to find a hell of a lot more happiness than if you were just going along the Western path of trying to find someone to mate with, trying to find a job that's going to pay you enough to make you feel successful, um, trying to buy the house that you don't want and the car that you don't need and the fashion items or the holidays or whatever it might be that makes you look successful or deemed successful or make you think that you would feel successful. You would get all that by ignoring it all and just focusing on the yogic path instead. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's just taking out suppose like the materialistic aspects. Um, and, and happiness is going to be different for everyone, isn't it? Everyone's going to have different definitions to them of what they think would make them happy. Yes, very much so. I think that's really important to get across. Your happiness would be look very different to my happiness. If I was put in your situation where you would consider yourself truly happy, I'd, I might be like, I mean, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and vice versa. Yeah. Um, and we all have our own struggles as well. I think happiness is a huge um, dependence on the life that we've already had. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if, for instance, we grew up in a very fraught environment where we didn't have any security, uh, we were here, there and everywhere, just having some sense of security in our later life might make us feel very content and very happy. Whereas another person might be desperate for freedom and to get away and to live life not really knowing what's next and that would make them happy. So I think... There are so many, so many layers to what happiness or what makes a person happy at any given time. I think a useful exercise sometimes is to um, perhaps just sit down and even just write all the things that you think would make you happy. Agreed. Um, yeah. And then often sometimes those things wouldn't tick the box. No. No. Um, if you're not in the right mood for it, like... Uh, sex with my boyfriend every single day would make me happy then you know what some days you just don't fancy it <laughs> yes yeah you know some days when you're in the mood for it that sounds like the best idea in the world I went extreme I did I went extreme but just just for yeah. the sake of this conversation um but yeah admittedly something that might make you happy one day might not make you happy the next day uh I do think that with happiness we have to I was going to say look for it. That's not quite the right term. We have to notice it when it happens because we could spend a whole life chasing things and then we actually just allow it to pass us by. 
and um, like, oh, I just want to be happy. What? Have you actually paid attention to any of the times you have been happy in the past? Have you just let them pass you by without paying any attention, looking for the next thing, looking for the next thing and just missed it? Again, another, yeah, another exercise could be sitting and thinking about times where you felt happy and think back to those times like what was in place? Why did you, why did you think you were happy at that point? You know, looking back. So for example, um, on my honeymoon in Mauritius, I was happy. Why, why was I happy? Well, I was newly married. I was on a beach in the sunshine. And I wasn't thinking about anything except for just being there. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, so just taking a like look back at the times in your life you were happy. Or some people it'll be when I was at, when you were at high school, why were you happy? Well, you didn't have any pressures and stresses except for getting your, your coursework done. But then when you're in that time, you might also have, I was never happy at high school. No. Some kids, some kids hated it. Yeah. Um, and True. school. And there was so many pressures. There's so many social pressures. I would hate to go to school right now. <laughs> like, I think it seems so much worse. So, so much worse. So much more stressful. Um, and it was bad enough when we were there. Um, but yeah, I do. I do think that if you're looking to put more happiness into your life right now I think there is a lot to be said for okay well when are the times I have been happy and what were the what were the components that made it a success yes I mean that is a good idea however you are like okay let's say for the last six months Dawny you've been really struggling you've not have been happy at all you're like okay well the last time I really remember being truly happy is I was in Mauritius so if I'm going to be happy again I have to go to Mauritius So off you go to Mauritius and yeah, you're happy for a day or so, but then there's something not right. You're still not content. You're still not happy. Um, Because really all you've done is change location. And not mindset. And not mindset and not really realized what it was about that time in Mauritius that actually made you happy. Yes, you were newly married. Awesome. Super exciting. Super loved up. Neil was in Mauritius with you, which let's be honest, is a huge thing. Um, (laughs) You know, you guys were having a great time. It was your honeymoon. You know, you're literally living on a cloud right there. But equally, and sorry, please don't think I'm trying to burst your bubble. Equally, you and Neil could have had the same or similar arguments that you could have had back home. You and Neil could have just both felt really crap or you might have been ill or any given thing could have happened on that honeymoon. Thankfully, it didn't that completely burst your bubble and then it wouldn't have been a time where you'd look back and been happy yeah so we have to accept the fact that happiness I'm sure everyone's seen the meme happiness isn't something you can get from outside of you it is something that has to happen within regardless of where you are regardless of who you're with you should be searching to find happiness within yourself and not expecting outside influences to get you there. What do you think would be the first steps to cultivating that happiness from within? I think every single thing that we've been talking about up to this point on this podcast, really. I um, definitely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that 
I think it's come up so many times. I believe I said it in series one at some point. Shocker, you're going to need it again. Mindfulness. Yeah. I think without mindfulness of some capacity, you're going to struggle with anything we ever cover in any of these um, episodes. We need to be able to take stock. We need to be able to look at what's going on in the right now, what's going on within us and be aware in the present moment to make any good changes in our life. So we incorporate more mindfulness by practicing our, perhaps our little meditations, whether it just be a minute, whether it be two minutes, whether it be 20 minutes or an hour a day, whatever you can practicing our mindfulness technique is really, really important because that allows us or helps us to practice being in the moment all of the time. So let's say when something is getting us down, um, I'm trying to think of an example. I can't off the top of my head. Hopefully something will come to me in a minute. Um, so we're feeling really down. We're struggling with stuff. Uh, and it's a bit of a myth day and you, you're more down than normal. Now we could just ride that day and perhaps focus on all the negative emotions that we're feeling and, oh my God, I'm really sad. I'm really down. I'm really struggling, blah, 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 whatever it might be. And that almost just gives those negative emotions more energy. Whereas if we actually took stock, took the time to notice why are we we feeling what we're feeling? Let's put a pause on these emotions and actually dig into it. What is going on right now? Then that instantly, well, A, it takes the energy and the power out of those emotions suddenly to just stop and look at them and be like, well, why am I sad? What have I actually got to be sad about? Um, It just takes the wind out of their sails, so to speak. It, it, It halts their forward energy and suddenly it's like, well, I'm not taking this into the rest of my day because I'm going to look at this right now and figure out what the hell is going on. Um, And I don't know if you've ever tried to look at an emotion, Dawn, have you? I didn't really know. Okay, so let's say I feel like anxiety is a good one because it's very, um, you very much feel it in your body. So you will find that if you ever, I don't know how much of you have ever done any embodiment work, anyone who's listening or you, Dawn, but when you feel an emotion, you embody it, you feel it somewhere within your body. So uh, I'll go for happiness. When I feel super happy, when I'm smiling, it almost feels like I've got tingles around my mouth and around my face and all in my jaw all in my jawline often I can feel it in my throat I can feel it very much in my heart uh, and my chest and it's a good warmth like a fuzzy Mm -hmm. almost butterflies but not butterfly feeling and sometimes I always it almost goes down into my stomach Uh, so that's happiness for me it's very tingly and light and fuzzy and like a little bit giddy Uh, whereas anxiety very much sits in the gut for me Uh, It's very much like it does feel like flapping butterflies or fucking squiggly snakes or whatever it might be. Um, And it also it can end up making me feel a bit nauseous. So it kind of sometimes travels up into my chest. And I'm often when I am feeling anxious, I'm very aware of my heart. Like it's very there. And so we embody emotions. Um, And so what you can do if you wanted to look at an emotion is literally look at where you feel it. So obviously you can't look where you could look physically down at your stomach, but you almost want to close your eyes and look at it. Imagine you're looking at where you feel it. Okay, so I figured out what the emotion is because of the way I'm feeling. So if you can know how you feel when you're depressed, where do you embody it? If you know how you feel when you're happy, how do you embody it? If you know how you feel when you're anxious, where do you embody it? You can almost like, right, I'm feeling a bit weird. What's going on with me right now? You look in and you're like, 
oh, I have all the things that tell me that I'm anxious right now. Okay, what am I anxious about? And when you start to look at something, it really, really just breaks it down, breaks it down, breaks it down. It takes, like I said, all the power out of it. Uh, It's the same with an itch. Probably should have started there. If you have an itch, I've just scratched my neck as I say it. (laughs) Um, It's a really good meditation practice, Um, especially as often when we're told not to move, the first thing you want to do is scratch your nose. As soon as you put on rubber gloves, you want to scratch your nose. You can almost guarantee it. Great thing to do is look at an itch and you literally stare at the point, but internally stare because your eyes are closed. It's weird. You stare at the point and you try and break down the sensations that you feel within that itch. And then what's wonderful is the itch fucks off. (laughs) (laughs) And it's exactly the same situation with emotions. You look at them and you really break them down and you figure out the sensations behind it. And often it completely breaks down the emotion, especially anxiety, because you've brought yourself out of that constant state of looking forward and that panic feeling. And you've brought yourself to the moment because you're looking at feelings within your body that aren't actually... They're literally controlled by your mind. They are only there because of what your mind is thinking. So if you're suddenly just breaking down the feelings that you're feeling, you're not thinking about the things that are making you feel like that. That was hard to say. Was it hard yeah. to understand? <laughs> I, no, I completely get you. Um, the only emotion, uh, well, the only thing other than that that I think is a little bit different is with depression. So like at times... Like I've had a history of depression and it's a lot harder because you can sit there and rationalize and there's absolutely no reason why mm-hmm. you should be depressed, but you, you are. You and are, but um, depression is actually a physical, physiological yes, thing that's going yes, on so in your brain. That's chemical imbalances. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so that's yeah, one of the ones that's harder. I would say that the only thing that I've, well, I mean, my, my journey is a little bit different than some and some people suffer all the time that I are used to, but now it's very much um, what they call PMDD. So it's premenstrual depressive disorder. So it only comes on two days a month, maybe one. These days it's even less or I'm managing it better. And that's a little bit different in that you have that day where you literally are rock bottom for no apparent reason. But there is a reason. There is the hormones are flying around and everything. But what I do on those days is sometimes I just give myself the time. You've probably known me on days when I've said, I just don't want to talk to anyone today. Sorry. Absolutely. (laughs) So days, some days you have, you just literally don't want to talk to anyone. And I've, sometimes I just give myself that time. It's, it can be a horrible feeling of being like, why is why am I like this? I don't want to be like this. I want to be happy. I want to be cheerful, blah, blah, blah. But what I try to do these days on days like that is give myself some time. Just let myself feel it. Let myself get on the sofa under a blanket and watch something mindless on TV. But while I'm lying there, I then sort of think about what things make me happy that I could just go through the motions of so it's it's getting up and having a bath or just going and pottering around the garden if it's a nice day for example the sunshine soon sort of cheers you up or just putting no pressure on and working through a to-do list because to for me getting things done ticking them off it just makes me feel good like I've achieved something so it's just writing a simple to-do list but no pressure as in, do you know what? Even if I only empty half a shelf of the dishwasher at a time and then go and watch some more TV, that's absolutely fine. And it's just taking it off. Um, so just going through those motions to 
bring back the balance and also the good old quote this too will pass is yeah always worth worth noting that even in the times when I've been depressed for long periods of time it's just it's just knowing that it's not forever and there are ways out and yeah yeah absolutely yeah. all right I love it. Um, Dawn definitely has the knowledge and know-how when it comes to the depression side of things. Didn't you, babe? Yeah, unfortunately, but yeah. Yeah. Ah, so we part of your story, isn't it? Yeah. But it's so nice to come out the other side and feel happy. And that's why I love doing this podcast and talking about all the yogi journey and everything like that. And I've probably said it numerous times when people have commented about how the more I delve into this, the more I am happy every day and and I think it's about being happy not all day every day I don't think everyone's going to be happy all day every day oh we're, we're covering that later in the podcast oh, don't you worry yeah there you go <laughs> no no one no one's happy all day every day but we'll we'll get to that absolutely yeah so <clears throat> by being mindful that's where we need to circle back to is that all right yes absolutely thank yeah thank you for breaking yeah. that down so yeah. well um so uh, we've we've taken the time to be in the minute and look at the emotions that we're actually feeling, and we by ke- taking the power away from those emotions, we're actually able to turn our way around. We're allowed to work out, okay, so what's actually bothering us? Let's go back to anxiety because it's off. It's a very common one that can actually ruin a whole day, um, week, month, year. Uh, if we look at it and really rationalise it and break it down, and okay, and then maybe. I think you may have told me this and someone else definitely told me it focusing on that problem and tackling it head on. So not allowing it to literally consume our whole day, just send the message, just pay the bill, just do this, do that, make the phone call, whatever is causing it, ask the fucking question, whatever's causing the anxiety, make some kind of step to, to remove it, to, to beat it, to do something. Um, But if it's more of a silly anxiety, uh, perhaps one where you're, it's more of a social anxiety, perhaps where you're thinking about something that you've said and it's like, oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. Uh, and you're completely freaking out about it. It might be a case of, um, well, actually, again, just sending a text message to just clarify what you meant or whatever it might be, getting in touch with that person, or just realize that you're focusing on it and there's nothing you can actually do about it anymore and move on just move on because all you're doing is ruining your own day and then so let's say we've that we've covered the mindfulness it's taking the ability to take the time to look inward to figure out what's going on that is an absolute must when it comes to actually cultivating happiness in your life you need to be more mindful then the next one it might be so let's continue on this journey you've figured it out maybe you've sent a quick text message you've paid the bill whatever it might be that's causing anxiety or you've just decided you're not going to think about it anymore and it's like no I'm not giving this any more attention and power it's not going to ruin my day uh this is ridiculous whatever it might be and then you think about things that you're grateful for so I think gratitude absolutely need to be the next step what do you think yeah absolutely they are probably 100 percent the biggest thing that has changed my life yeah and it sounds really big saying that but it is I totally it's such a shift in mindset and letting yourself take note when you feel them it well that's the mindfulness isn't it and like so at the weekend your your gratitude board 
I wrote something on there that wasn't really a gratitude. I just wrote how I felt at that point because I was just oh, wandering feel around like... feeling like, and it was happy heart because I just was oh. like, I just felt like, oh my God, this is my life. I'm doing a job I love. Yes, it was like, I was tired. I had a long day. It was, you know, it was a hard work day for me, but everyone was wonderful. Everyone was really pleased to be there. And just that whole, like, oh my God, like I'm surrounded by amazing people, um, you know, friends as well as strangers. And, you know, then I get to go home to a wonderful home with my husband and my cat and my chickens and my dogs. And it just like, it was just in that moment when you feel it. And I, I quite like to just take that note. And I sometimes do it to friends. I just send a message as well. If they have done something or I'm thinking about them, it, when I suddenly feel that, it's just quite nice to really take note of it really take note so not just yeah. think it but just make a little action on it almost take a screenshot of your life at that point a, yeah. a good blink yeah. <laughs> yeah no totally I mean the amount of times it would definitely happen to me more in the July one yeah but it was just that I think there were two times over the weekend that I can remember where I was just like this is my job yeah like literally having the best time just the best time and feeling like I said earlier, my heart is full, like full. Yeah. And it's just contentment, love, gratitude, happiness. It's every single positive emotion I could possibly think of. And it's just, it's just incredible that we did that. Yeah. We brought that group of yogis together and it's just, just awesome to be able to cultivate that level of awesomeness and that, yeah. I mean, you have to, be, you have to focus on that gratitude. You have, I, w- otherwise we miss it. That's what I, was I could come say. away from that. I could have come away from that retreat and literally focused on all the things that I felt weren't right. And I bet yeah. you loads and loads of event planners or people yeah. who have hosted something, a dinner party or whatever it was, they only focus on the negatives, the things that went wrong and that, oh my God, no, did you see that I scorched like the bottom side of the parsnip? Mm-hmm. or so-and-so didn't like the wine or oh my god they had an argument or you know so-and-so was late or this or that or the other um they didn't get the text message to tell them to bring the dessert I don't know yeah there are bazillion things that could go wrong um and it would be very easy to focus on the negatives of any event um I asked for feedback after the first one and I got a few really, really great suggestions, which I then put into the second one. And I'm like, I could have easily been like, oh my God, oh, as if, if I didn't do that. Yeah, I see it as a critic, or even if it is feedback, it could still be feedback, but then I just dwell on it mm-hmm. and make it this huge thing. And oh my God, it's so, oh my God, I was rubbish. I can't believe I didn't do this in the first one. Why didn't I think of it? I'm useless. Oh, I'm never going to run a retreat again. It was absolute crap, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Two, three pieces of amazing feedback made this second one better. Yeah. Like, it would be very, very easy to focus on the negative. Whereas by practice, I would say, Dawn, both of us have practiced gratitudes for such oh, a long time now. Definitely. It is 100% second nature for us in any situation just to be like, yes, this is my life. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And I, I think even, and it is starting small even. The very first time I went to West Lexham, like, I guess a year or two About years year ago, ago, whatever, yeah. um, it's just being grateful to be there and being like, I'm so lucky that this is 
like it's a beautiful place just appreciate it and just starting to take the small steps and things and I actually really had if that was part of my conversation yesterday with my niece in that you think the world's against you etc you know you're a teenager but just being you know as much as she moans about her crazy busy house and the chaos and everything around her and arguing siblings and all of that at least she has siblings sitting to her down and be like lots of people would love to be where you are you've got loving parents you've got extended family that love you dearly and would do anything for you you've got siblings that are always going to be there and just that they're all around you and you've got a roof over your head and you've got food on the table yeah she was moaning that there was no food in the house but it's it was sitting there moaning about it but it's like but it's not because you can't your family can't afford it it's just because they haven't gone to the supermarket yet so just appreciate that you know, it's, yeah. it's it's not that your mum and dad are scraping together every last penny to get you some potatoes some or pasta. It's purely that time hasn't allowed them to go to the supermarket today. And I bet there bloody was food in the house. Whenever anyone says I've got no <laughs> yes. food in the house, there's always food in the house. What's wrong with that tin of chickpeas that's been in the cupboard for a year and a half? Like, yes. just, that's, that's perfectly viable food. Yeah. yeah, so it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's appreciative of what you do have, yeah. being grateful for things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So like Dawn said, the best thing to do, if you've never practiced gratitudes before, the best thing to do is to start small. Now, Dawn and I practice our gratitudes in two different ways. And I love this because it gives us a really, I would definitely talked about this in a previous podcast. Yeah. It gives you a really different, two different nice ways of doing your gratitudes, but there are others as well. Um, I journal every day, most days anyway. And then um, I jot down two to that's a lie three to four gratitudes in the morning three to four gratitudes in the evening um a friend of ours he writes down 10 every day I think in the journal or just in a notebook that he just keeps as his gratitudes notebook um and he has he aims for 10 a day uh and then dawn thinks hers so when she's at whatever point she's just thinks during the day like gratitude one two three however many you do it's sometimes yeah. one sometimes more isn't yeah. it I'm just it's just taking note yeah, yeah. or if yeah. I'm not yeah, just just taking note whenever I have a little a moment. Feeling. Yeah, yeah, and so I think that there's another thing to mention there is I have more of a structure to mine. I do mine in the morning and then again before bed. The idea being that the first thing you wake up when the first thing you think about when you wake up in the morning is things to be grateful for, um, and that really is a, just a wonderful kickstart and focus for your day. It instantly uplifts you. You stop thinking about you. Let's say you, a lot of people have that Monday morning feeling. So instead of waking up and thinking, "Oh, it's Monday." Or even if you do wake up and that's your first thought, you've then got right there, right? Your practice is to write down three things you're grateful for. So straight away, you're pulled out of that mindset of, oh, it's Monday to, uh, well, it's Monday. So, oh, did you see the thing I shared last night on Instagram? Mm -hmm. Alex Howarth Yoga. I shared it Um, I just can't remember the account, which is bad, that originally posted it, but I shared it from them. And uh, it was... Mon, mon in French means mine. And so okay. if we think of, uh, instead of thinking of Monday as Monday, it's Monday as my day. Yeah. Or mine, mine day, my day. Uh, and it instantly, it's like, it's my day. I'm going to fucking nail it. It's my day. So I loved that. I thought it was such a lovely positive twist on something that a lot of people struggle to um, struggle with. A lot of people hate Mondays. I've freaking love Mondays personally but you know what I'm like with labels on things um I get triggered by uh Friday feeling posts <laughs> just like any other day <laughs> yeah 
Um, but then, so start, start small and then try and set some kind of parameters. So instantly with that waking up in the morning, it instantly changes your mindset and then going to bed on it as well. It's been a proven way to help you get to sleep instead of just laying there and letting your mind go crazy. If you struggle to sleep, doing three to 10 gratitudes could really help shift your mindset to something more positive. And when you're in a more positive mindset, you're more likely to go to sleep. I think that's, yeah, you don't want to lie there dwelling on stuff. So thinking about the things you're grateful for, it just kind of, you know, puts happy thoughts in your head before bed. And it's always, it's really funny whenever, not funny, it's it's nice when people are new to things like gratitudes, it can be absolutely minuscule, basic, simple things. So Mm -hmm. nine times out of 10, when you've done it in like a yoga class or something, you've asked someone instantly, like, what are you grateful for? So many people, it's like, my dog. Yes. Or that the sun is shining today. Yes. Or my husband or boyfriend. Like that. Yes. Yeah. And they're perfectly fine. Coffee. Why? It's in my journal a lot. Yeah. But they are perfectly fine. And it's just taking note and being grateful for them. And then as you carry on, you can think deeper about the fact that I'm grateful for coffee, but I'm not just grateful for having, like, for having coffee. I'm grateful that I can have coffee every day that Mm -hmm. I have a life that I can have that and And then or it's I love the the warm feeling of coffee in my mouth in the morning I love the morning ritual of going downstairs getting a coffee and it gives me five minutes peace uh I love that coffee wakes me up it might be that it might even be that it gives me energy it makes me feel like I can get up and go whatever it is there's so many things around coffee and you can just make it deeper and deeper and deeper and it's the same what about what about your dog do you love what about your what about the sun shining do you love and so on and so forth and you slowly deepen it but what this does so the human mind has evolved to see the worst in every situation which is why anxiety is a thing which is why we worry about everything which is why we plot and plan a billion different consequences to any given situation and why we worry so much and So we focus on the negatives and this is a survival thing that's just gone crazy. Surviving nowadays is much easier than it was when we lived in caves. So we don't need to be on that constant survival mode, constantly aware of any given danger. Uh, We don't need to be worrying about the negatives. We don't need to be worrying about what moved in that bush outside the cave because we don't live in a cave anymore. You can lock your front door. Uh, Side note, sidebar, Mossy came up to bed the other night, having left the front door and the front gate wide open. Not even shut. Not even shut front door and front gate. So we were woken up in the middle of the night by Albie barking on the street. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Fucking dog. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. So Mossy went downstairs and I woke up. I'm like, he sounds like he's outside. Like, this doesn't sound right. When he barks in the house, it's very obvious where he's barking. Mossy went downstairs and he was full out on the street. Someone, he'd been asleep in front of the open front door. Someone had walked past and he just ran out to bark at them as he normally would. Wow. I mean, just for crying out loud. But, you know, if you don't want to go down the living on the edge route like Mossy does, you can, uh, you can close and lock your front door. <laughs> person must have thought what the hell fuck what is this dog doing what is must have just assumed he was a stray like yeah. jesus christ wow. wow i know it could have been like although my mind automatically after everything that i've gone through with dogs it's just went to the absolute worst of what could have been and yeah. i did have to really like okay look everything is fine albie is fine you know it's a good thing that albie actually barked because we did get him in um 
I think I've invoked a fear of cars in Albie that he wouldn't actually do anything. But just, it could have got so much worse. It could have been awful. So really, I just, I had to lay in bed and think of the fact that Albie's in the house all yeah. is well. It's a good thing and nobody walked in and stole anything. I mean, they wouldn't have been able to because the dogs would have barked. Because of the dogs, yeah. yeah no, which is not brilliant. But it's having that, again, taking it back to a little bit of gratitude that we live in a place where it, that kind of is a little bit safer. Like, I yeah. mean, I've definitely not locked my house on many occasions. I've gone out in the morning not finding my car keys anywhere, finding them still in the ignition of the car. So then I have gratitude that I live somewhere that that doesn't matter. I've done that here. And Dawn lives in the countryside. I definitely live city. (laughs) Definitely live city. You do not leave your car keys in the ignition. I have and my car was still there. We have to be very grateful that we live in such an amazing place, really. But we also shouldn't be like lapsdaysical on that one. Let's wind in our security attack. People walk past Alex, you know, at least at mine, nobody walks past. Don't, I know. (laughs) I know. Um, but, 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 sorry, I totally went off track there, but it was, um, it's a good it just, tangent. just reminded me. So thinking, yeah, of all the things that you're grateful for within, uh, the small things in your life, and then you can go deeper and deeper and deeper of why you're actually grateful for those things and so on. But what these gratitudes do, this is what I was talking about is, um, it retrains our brain. So we focus on the negative. We focus on the worst things that could possibly happen. Security thing, safety thing. I totally make that. It just makes sense from an evolutionary per, uh, standpoint. Uh, whereas by focusing on our gratitudes regularly, doing it every now and then, yep, cool, do it. Yes. When you remember, do it. Yes. But by doing it regularly, we retrain our brain. So it then becomes a habit, like any habit, like cleaning your teeth in the morning, or like if some of you have that routine of getting up and going to the gym or getting up and doing yoga or whatever the habit might be parking in a specific spot in a car park, uh, we start to retrain our brain into seeing the best in things and being able to enjoy and be grateful for the good things in our life, regardless of the moment. So regardless of whether you're in Mauritius or Norfolk, you are content and happy because you can see and focus on the good things in your life rather than focusing on the fact that, oh, I'm in Norfolk and I'm not Mm -hmm. in Mauritius and I'm sad. My happiness only happens when I'm in Mauritius. Um, So that would be my second step, would be my finding the gratitudes. Yeah. So we've worked on our mindfulness, we've worked on our gratitudes. Yeah. 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 So the next step would be acceptance, I would say. Um, Now, this would be acceptance of the fact we won't be happy all of the time every single day uh if we have that expectation we're really gonna shoot ourselves in the foot i think it's almost like well why aren't i happy now why aren't i happy now why aren't i happy now what uh i haven't really got anything to complain about but i'm not really happy so why aren't i happy i'm crap at this blah 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 blah. and you literally could just beat yourself up about not being happy we need to lose the expectation happiness is something that we can attain all of the time Uh, so if you look back on your life you've had so like dawn said earlier with her depression she's gone through some real real lows for really extended periods of time but it's always passed always passed every great and amazing awesome happy moment that we've had 
has also passed, as well as every dire, dark and deep and horrific moment we've had has also passed. And what we have to accept is our life is up and down, up and down, up and down all of the time. Now, there's, so there's you a go. lovely um, bit in, I think it's the first Sex and the City movie. The girls are just wasn't around. where I thought you were going to go. No, 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 I knew you would think that, but it, it always it always comes back to me when I think about being happy and not all day, every day, but every but every day at some point every day. And they're talking about whether their partners make them happy or something. And it's just like it's Charlotte says it. She's so they everyone says so. Just asking whether I can't remember the exact things about whether they make you happy or whether you're happy. And she was like, every day, not all day, every day. But every day I am happy. Yeah. I remember that bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just something that stuck with me. You know, it just, Mm. yeah, I think it's unrealistically, unrealistic to think that it's attainable to be happy all day, every day. Absolutely. So if we um, talked about this on the retreat, Um, if we consider putting happiness on a scale of one to a hundred, so one is being the darkest deepest hole of depression of sadness of upset pain that you've ever been in 100 is pure ecstatic excitement the best emotions everything pure and utter unadulterated joy you know like probably like most of us haven't even experienced but maybe you felt like you have experienced it you know like that mad happiness if we put, I would put happy on that spectrum around the 75, 80 mark. Do you agree? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even a little lower, somewhere around there. Um, and so it's, we're never going to sit there forever. We're never going to constantly be at that level. But what we can look to do is raise our average So let's say we're always up and down, up and down, up and down, going from, I'd like to think that most of us aren't traveling all the way down to one or zero or even 10 on a regular basis. Let's say we generally float around or fluctuate from the 20s up to the 80s on a semi-regular basis. And then sometimes in life, you're going to get kicked in the crotch and you go right down. Other times in life, incredible things are going to happen. You're going to go right up. But for the most part, we squiggle our way through lives up and down, up and down. Now, what I think yoga helps us do. So I think it's Patanjali. He says that the point of yoga is to um, reduce fluctuations or remove fluctuations of the mind. So these ups and downs, let's call those the fluctuations. They are the fluctuations of the mind. What yoga does is it brings in the, the the distance between our ultra happy to our ultra sad. And we don't spend much time in those ultras at all. We bring it all the way to a, the middle or an upper middle. So let's say we could fluctuate ourselves. You could bring yourself all the way down to a steady 40 or you fluctuate between 30 and 40. I mean, that would be all right. You wouldn't really feel much, probably be a bit meh the whole time, but you, you don't suffer the real lows, but nor do you get to enjoy the real highs. Whereas if we think of yoga, what we're really looking to do is fluctuate, not fluctuate too much, but sit on a higher level the whole time. So perhaps we're looking to sit around that contentment, happiness, uh, yeah, contentment the whole time instead. Uh, so we're constantly sitting around the 60 mark instead, which is a lovely that's idea. A, and that's what I was going to say. Contentment comes to mind in that, the whole... Yeah, noticing contentment rather than striving for full-on happiness all the time. And it is mm-hmm. that that slightly lower level, but it's still happy. It's still know? great. And it's, yeah. Yeah. And so 
we look to level ourselves up out but at a slightly higher level um and that was that's really kind of the point of yoga uh and it's accepting the fact that there's still going to be ups and downs you never know what life is going to throw at you but by practicing our yoga when there is a massive down something horrific happens you can still manage to bring yourself up and out of that in a in a better way by practicing our yoga rather than allowing whatever has happened to completely absorb you and pull you down into the darkness. And what yoga does by practicing our mindfulness, when the happiness, the true ecstatic, great things happen by practicing our yoga, by practicing our mindfulness, by being present, we truly enjoy it rather than considering how, well, this is great. Oh my God, it's amazing. I never want it to end. This is great and amazing. Um, I want to stay like this forever, but I can't stay like this forever. And it's really, really sad. So let's say, let's take, go back to the beach with Dawn in Mauritius. If Dawn spent her whole honeymoon getting really sad about the fact that she had to go home in two weeks, 13 days, 12 days, 11 days. Imagine if Dawn was on a constant countdown, her whole holiday of that holiday ending and going home. And as the date got closer and closer and closer, she got sadder and sadder and sadder. Literally ruining her own holiday. I have to stop myself doing that when I go for like an amazing massage or anything. Like when I'm going for pure relaxation, not like my general sports massage or what have you. And I'm going for a real treat and I lie there. And sometimes I think to myself, I don't want this to end. Oh, I hope, hope only five minutes has passed and not 15. Oh God, we must be like halfway through now. Oh, I don't, you know, and I have to stop myself and make myself think about actually just enjoying what is going on, not worrying about, that I don't want it to end. <laughs> no, exactly. You, you're 100%. Yeah. That is an exact and perfect example of stealing yeah. your own joy. Yeah. So when we are in those moments of great things and of contentment, of happiness, yeah. we must be aware and mindful of the fact that uh, we need to be in that moment. Accept the fact, yes, that it's not going to last forever because nothing lasts forever. It just doesn't. So once you've accepted that, it's like, well, it's fine. But that means I can now just enjoy it for what it is. Um, and by that, you're increasing your own happiness within that moment. You know you're not going to be happy forever and at the same level of happiness. But enjoy the moment and you get so much more from that moment rather than just being in the future straight away. Oh, well, what have I got to do? Let's use the massage thing again. What have I got to do next? Oh, well, after this, I've got to go to the supermarket. Oh, I really don't want to go to the supermarket. What have I got to get again? I really should have written a list, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You're just, you are absolutely keeping yourself in the present by not uh, thinking about everything that's coming forward. So um, that is really practicing your mindfulness, but within within that acceptance of nothing is nothing lasts forever. Yeah, definitely. I last night's yoga class I did a little closing thought and I'm going to find it to read it now because it's it's just one of these age-old things and literally just what you've just said so it's a Dalai Lama quote he said there are only two days in the year that nothing can be done one is called yesterday and the other is called tomorrow so today is the right day to love believe do and mostly live and it's just about being in the here and now Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so, you guys might remember from series one, our second bonus episode was with um, Gavin and Emily from Mindspan. 
And uh, Gavin, I believe Dawn talked about it in that episode. Gavin came and did a happiness workshop with us yeah. uh, a few years back now. Um, it was great. And his analogy is always of don't throw your happiness into the future. Yeah. Yeah. And it is very much that it's, it can be that you will only be happy when, but also what you can do is you miss out on your happiness by thinking about the future as well. And that's where the, the gratitude and taking note of what's good right now is important. And that mm-hmm. leads me on to saying, I think we should just briefly just talk about something and com- comparison. So the age old quote of comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. And that's something that can easily detract from one's happiness. It's so easy, even when I'm feeling like super content, super happy, you can stroll, scroll for Instagram and suddenly see, and it's starting now because people are starting to do it everyone's going on holiday, you know, starting to see the travel opening up and people going away and go, I want to go there. I want to do that. I then find myself scrolling and looking for holidays that I, I can afford, but I don't really, really, I don't want to spend my money on that. And I'm perfectly happy not going, but having to, I have to remind myself of that. And it's that comparison thing, or you, or you suddenly look around and suddenly everyone's getting a new car and you're like, Oh, I want a new car. I feel like I should have one too and it's then taking note and like for me it's then sitting back and going no what is my reality what is truly important to me so in that regard it's like what do I actually want to spend my money on and that's not the most important thing to me that's not what's going to make me happy so you know just taking a moment and being appreciative of what you have got and not striving to copy others Absolutely. I think that that leads really nicely on from Dharma. Once you know you're on your path, once you know you're doing your thing and it's right for you, regardless of what anyone else is doing, it doesn't really phase you because, well, you know, you're doing you. Yeah. And you do you. I think, yeah, and I do. I I look around and go, oh, someone is doing that. Oh, maybe I could do that. Maybe I should do that. And I go, no, 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 no. You're on the right path for you and you enjoy Mm -hmm. everything you're doing. Exactly. And only with that mindfulness and gratitude and acceptance, are you going to be able to practice that drawing yourself back to you? But without those, you're going to really struggle. Um, But to to clear away the comparison, I feel like it has to be said. Um, If you really struggle with comparison, literally ruining your day, ruining your buzz, um, stopping you from doing things, it does. It really, people don't do things because they see or perceive other people's work as perfection or whatever they're doing is perfection. Well, I can't do that. Therefore, I'm not going to do it at all. And you literally halt yourself and you end up being miserable because you've not done something you really want to do because of some perceived version of perfection that someone else has achieved in your mind. Utterly man- mental, if you ask me. Um, but uh, if you notice yourself doing this, so you're scrolling social media and you see things that are genuinely making you feel negative at the cause of it it might be nice to look at in the moment but the bottom line is you then end up dwelling on it and thinking about it more than you should unfollow that account even if it was so let's say um I was in a bad bad headspace dawn was on holiday and she was posting all her holiday pictures and I was really struggling with it wishing that I was there and oh it's not fair that she's gone on holiday blah 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 it might be that I just unfollowed Dawn for a few weeks while she's away while the holiday photos are coming out I don't need that shit in my life so um I just take it away just remove it even though she's one of my closest friends I might even tell her Dawn I'm just not following your Instagram at the minute don't be offended it's just because I can't see that right now because I'm really struggling with it and that's that's taking care of yourself 
isn't it just and it just removes the comparison from your life if it's a person who you see in real life maybe limit the exposure you have to that person it might be difficult if it's a colleague but you know do what you can to limit it but also be incredibly mindful and aware of when you are doing it and draw yourself back to you think of let's say it is a work thing let's say it is a colleague who you look at and you think oh my god she's got everything together he's got everything together and they're just doing so much better than me and they're so happy and their life is so perfect blah 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 blah. look at what's good in your life instead and also accept the fact that everyone has their own battles no one's life is perfect you always see the highlight reel I definitely have felt fallen foul of um, a little bit of comparison, but also like not doing things because I didn't think I was good enough or something. And mine has always been down to like weight and size. And I'll look at people in bikinis on the beach or even swimsuits, you know, and being confident and happy and jumping in the sea and doing this and the other. And I never used, I used to sort of be a bit more like hide away and be like, no, well, I'm, I'm just a bit too fat to do that. And no one really wants to see that, et cetera, et cetera. And it would just stop me doing things that I actually wanted to go and do. Mm. And and it's, it's taken a lot of work and it's seeing other, there's some really inspirational people that I follow on Instagram that don't give a shit about stretch marks and cellulite and they just go on and live their life anyway. And no one I, cares about stretch no. marks. And I thought to myself, do you know, I don't want to miss out. And, and also I think about what would like 80 year old me say to me at this point they'll be like no live your life do the things don't do don't not do things because you think you're fat that's that's silly you know insane yeah yeah absolutely but also what dawn can do is practice her mindfulness and gratitudes and her (laughs) self-love by physically practicing gratitudes on her own body she could just start her toes i think we've talked about this practice before literally what you're grateful for about your feet what you're grateful for about your boobies dawny i mean they're freaking <laughs> amazing you know what she grateful for about her hair her eyelashes like, she can go small pick I the do, things yeah pick I the do things think that I'm a lot you more like that. first yeah i'm definitely pick a lot more like that now i i will uh, the other week paddling up an estuary in cornwall in a sports bra and bikini bottoms because i hadn't put a bikini top on and I was like, oh no, I'll wear a t-shirt. I won't, I won't take it off. I was like, no, it's too bloody hot. I want to take my top off. Oh, I don't care. Someone can see my belly, whatever. Like, and at the end of the day, I'm like, do you know what? I might look bigger than some people, but I'm also stronger than some people. Or I'm f- I, be, I bet everyone looked at you and were like, oh man, or, I wish I was on a paddleboard. That's it. And I know that I look at other people of my size or bigger and I see them in bikinis and I'm not judging. I'm thinking you're amazing. I'm I, I want to be like that yeah 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 I mean the the rarity of someone thinking something negative when they see someone I mean especially someone who might be a bit bigger doing something active if you're thinking oh my god that's so fat like well can't you need to do fucking self-work like that person is quite clearly trying to make a difference in their life they're being active they're being healthy they're outside they're being amazing like Jesus Christ praise it for what it is it's just awesome it is just awesome um and I love that you've got there now and I mean you're working on your stuff right now and you're you're finally getting to where you want to be and you're overcoming hurdles left right and center that you never thought you'd get over yeah I remember you saying to me a couple like about a month ago well that's it now probably will go backwards again now yeah (laughs) and it's like well no and you still haven't and you're still not going to you're constantly proving yourself wrong and it's definitely through a shift in mindset isn't it yeah definitely it definitely is yeah so Uh, should we move on to uh happiness on the yoga mat 
or in a yoga class yeah I was super quickly going to say more about that putting your happiness in the future thing okay yeah definitely. yeah so let's do you mind if we stick with the weight thing yeah yeah um if for instance absolutely relevant as well it's something I've definitely done yeah so um dawn at the moment is on a on a bit of a weight loss quest true still yeah I, I would almost say though weight loss is almost secondary to dealing with disordered eating yes but that is the end goal yes yes um and it's working um and she's got some support and some um well a really good support base at the minute and she's she's doing really well for it uh but what dawn could have done and i'm pretty sure she has done in the past and i know i've done it actually i will be happy when I am X weight. When I've lost a stone, I'll be happy. When I've lost two pounds, I'll be happy. I'll be happy when I'm a size six. I'll be happy when I'm a size 10. I'll be happy when I'm whatever it might be. I'll be happy when I'm brunette again. I'll be happy when my teeth are straight. I'll be happy when I've got new glasses, whatever it might be. Essentially, we're removing our ability to be happy in the here and now by, as Gavin said, throwing our happiness into the future or assuming that we will only be happy when something else happens and again it's very similar to assuming that we'll be happy in Mauritius you're assuming that a future version of yourself will be happy because it'll be slightly different really usually it's externally than it is right now um and we're we're giving something that yes we can control to a to a point but just because you're a stone lighter doesn't mean you're going to be happy. Uh, and it, all the studies show, isn't it, that on happiness is that money and looks generally don't really give you any boost in happiness. The richest countries in the world are not the happiest countries in the world. The happiest countries in the world, in the Scandinavias, I think, like maybe two of the top three happiest countries in the world are in the Scandinavias. And and it's, they've got balance, haven't they? They feel supported, they feel secure um, within their own country. Uh, there's a real sense of culture, real sense of community and all that kind of thing. Um, there's loads of different uh, variables, but essentially they're not happy because of the money they have. I think, uh, is it Denmark pay some of the highest level of tax in the, in the world, but they're one of the happiest countries in the world. And it's purely because they're so well supported, well, one of the reasons is they're so well then supported by their government but um it just it's it's not giving anything else the power to make you happy so it's not the location you're in it's not the money in the bank it's not the job that you have it's not the status you have in society it's not the way that you look uh it's it's about the here and the now and finding the good in the here and the now and if it doesn't bring you true joy and happiness is going to bring you contentment i always think I sometimes sit and think this as well. It's almost a testing myself of how content and happy I am is if everything was around me was suddenly stripped away, would I still mm-hmm. be happy? And at these days, I think I would, because I think I would always make the best out of a situation and be content and happy. I've okay. still, I'm not going to lose my friends. I'm not going to lose my family. Like hopefully, you know, but say I lost my house, my car, my job, everything. It's that whole how would you feel so then it's it's not quite nice then to think like that and think well if you feel like by losing your house you would be absolutely devastated and I'm not saying it wouldn't be a tough thing you have to actually just be grateful of everything you do have and think about Mm -hmm. yeah making yourself happy inside 
Yeah. If you know what I mean. I don't know if I've explained yeah, it very well. No, but you really, really have. I will, st- when Strip the materialistic things away. Are you happy within happy. yourself, which is yeah. really what's important. And you have to find it within. It, it is it is weird to think. And don't, please, please don't think Dawn and I are just being flippant about huge, horrific life changes. It's always harder. It's always hard. There's always a process period. It's always going to hit you. But it's being able to, yes, this is really fucking hard. But within that, I also am very lucky in this way, this way, this way, and this way. Um, it's also links back to attachment because, say, I know that's exactly what I was yeah, say. losing a house or a car or an income or something, you know, you are attached to. And that's why we always say it's, you know, it, it, appreciate those things, enjoy them, but they're not always yours forever and they might not Don't always be. be there. Absolutely. Well, this is exactly your happiness on it. This yeah. was exactly the topic of uh, the workshop at the yeah. um, at the retreat this weekend. Yeah. Contentment and non-attachment or non-attachment first and then uh, contentment in dealing with change. So yeah. if everything fell around, fell down around you, how can you still be happy or how can you deal with that change? And it's searching for things that make you happy or content or grateful in those moments. And it's accepting the fact that nothing is permanent nothing is ever permanent and um i went through my um five month old puppy dying he got hit Mm. by a car and it was the absolute hardest thing i've ever been through 100 percent hardest thing i've ever been through now with albie who's a four-year-old dog now i practice very much non-attachment now this doesn't mean that i don't love him more than anything in the world I think I oh god I do but it's very easy for me to remember that nothing is permanent and then via via remembering that I make the most of the time I do have with Albie when he's being annoying and just in my face and come on spaniel life like just he just wants something whereas I'm trying to do something else I'll be like instead of pushing him away it's like fine I'll have a cuddle and that's often all he wants is just to sell me and have a cuddle he's such a silly I'm exactly the same with my cat boy it because Mm. my last cat got hit by a car on the road and sometimes I sit and think like how old is cat boy now oh my god like he's lived twice as long and it just makes you just appreciate every day because every day I feel like it's almost a bonus day because Mm -hmm. the last one got hit on the road which is absolutely devastating but also the whole time I've had cat boy I in my head I'm like he may get hit on the road one day so he may do it's awful but I think he will, I think he will one day. And that's, that then makes mm. me help, like almost not wish away his life, but just appreciate every single day he's here. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Yeah. It's, staying, it's not thinking about, well, I'm being negative by thinking that. It's no, but I'm staying present and enjoying what I have. Yeah. And by doing that instantly, I'm happier and have a better time with Albie. I mean, who has a cuddle with a dog and feels sad about it you yeah. don't it's just it's just the best thing ever <laughs> to just have a stupid cuddle with Albie is just the best thing the real best thing whereas yeah. if I wasn't mindful of the fact that he's not going to be around forever then it would be very easy just to push him away and ignore something that actually is going to bring me joy and the same you could think about it with relationships in themselves so um we just have to make the most of every time every time we can so if Mossy was like let's go out for dinner I could be like, I could make up a million excuses to why, no, I've got to work. No, or no, I've, I need to not spend any money this month or I need to, 
uh, it's just not a priority right now or oh, I'm tired or whatever it might be. I could put, think of a billion reasons why I could put up an excuse as to why Marcy and I shouldn't go out for dinner. Whereas, you know what, actually, well, if I budget sensibly elsewhere, it's important for us to go out on a date night and connect and work on communication, our relationship and engage with each other and not just be like, oh, no, sorry, babe, I'm going to sit on my laptop or let's just have another night of watching Netflix or whatever it might be. It's no, it's important to take that time because, again, nothing is permanent, whether that be oh, the relationship itself mm-hmm. or whether for some, something happens to one of us, whatever reason that relationship isn't permanent, we have to accept the fact that it's not permanent. Therefore, make the most of what we have in the here and the now and you become so much more present in your relationships not only with your partners but with your your friends your family your loved ones if your mum and dad invite you over for dinner fucking go over for dinner like you don't say no to that anymore because you just don't know and so it it's always so important to really make the most of life and by making the most of life and what comes up and the the opportunities that come up you're often going to live a full life and a fuller life is only going to bring you more joy and happiness Cycling background to uh, projecting into the future as well. There was there was a note about the, the the weight type thing for me. I used to be I will treat myself to the, this new dress when I reach X weight, mm-hmm. and something I've changed now. And I really recommend it to everybody. Don't think like that. Think I deserve a nice dress, and it will make me feel great no matter what my weight go and buy the dress now don't project it into the future love it you know and at the end of the day you can then sell it and mm-hmm. buy a smaller size if you need to yep but you're just there's no why why make yourself feel uncomfortable now when you could feel fabulous now no matter what size you are oh I love that Dawn I've not had that one before yeah love yeah, it love just, it love it so right on to the mat I think a lot of what we've covered is good to be applied on the yoga mat isn't it the gratitude like sit down on your yoga mat i'm grateful that i'm here yeah Yeah. it's often with the well the mindfulness i feel let's go back through our steps is mindfulness gratitude acceptance um by being mindful on the yoga mat you're going to be you're going to have a significantly better yoga practice you're going to be aware of what your body's doing uh you're probably going to be able to celebrate the amazing things your body achieves rather than just "Eh, the yoga practice was all right because you can't actually remember anything you weren't particularly connected mindfulness is very very powerful thing during a yoga practice be present Uh, be present exactly you're probably going to listen hear what the teacher says rather than just assuming you know best uh and you're probably going to get more from you're going to learn more. You're going to feel more. You're going to, you're just going to grow. Uh, whereas if you aren't present, you're busy thinking about your day, you're probably going to miss something and who knows what's going to happen. You just don't get as much out of it by being grateful. I mean, Jesus Christ, but you can enjoy yoga. You could literally practice gratitude through every single pose within a class. I am grateful for that. My body has been able to do this. I'm grateful that my, uh, Hamstring flexibility allows me to do this. I'm grateful that I have worked on my rotations so that I can now get into this pose. I am grateful that I am aware of the injury in my hip because it allows me to practice safely and look after my body rather than aggravate it, uh, whatever it might be. I'm grateful for this um, injury because it's brought me, it's led me to yoga, which has led me to onto a different path, which has created so much more happiness, etc., in my life. And then acceptance that yoga practice is going to end, guys. 
but also acceptance <laughs> of the fact we also did this in class. Uh, so let's say we're in a warrior one beastie pose. There's a lot going on in the warrior one. We've got a slight back bend. We've got overhead extension with the arms. We've got a full extension um, of the back leg. We've got Oh, so much work going on in the front leg. The quad is often burning. The glutes are engaged. The core is engaged. We've got rotation at the lower back and the hips. You have so much, and in the ankles for that matter, you got so much going on, so much going on. So it burns. It's a deep, deep burn, isn't it? It gets you. It it's really gets you. It is a tough one. And let's say you're in one of Dawny's happy yoga classes and she's making you hold the fuck for 10 breaths. <laughs> <laughs> Now, the acceptance could come in there in two different ways. You could accept the fact that she's going to make you hold it for 10 breaths. You breathe in your 10. And by accepting the fact that it's going to be 10 breaths, you can get through it. Everyone can breathe 10 times and hold a pose. You can, you can, you can, you can, 100%. You've got this. Even if you have to lift a little bit, you can still do it. So it's accepting the fact that it's only 10 breaths. But we also have to accept the fact that it's not going to be forever. It's, uh, as my guru said in Nepal, pain is temporary. It is always just temporary. Everything passes. And so by accepting that, it makes it a lot easier just to sit in it and know that it will be over soon. And if we think about it in the fluctuations of the mind in that sense, your warrior one sitting in it for 10 breaths, that's your low, that's your one on the scale. Getting out of it is like the 100. <laughs> also, every time you're doing it, and enduring it, you're getting better. So next time it shouldn't be as hard. Exactly. That's right back to the gratitudes. Yep. So it's acceptance of the fact that it's not going to last forever. Pain yep. is temporary. And that you're only going to get good things from it. From doing it, you are only going to get good things if you're doing it correctly anyway. Um, so that alone in the on the yoga mat makes a practice so much stronger. Yeah. Because... Well, you're there, you're present, you're thinking, yeah. you're you're doing and you're enjoying it. So you walk away from a yoga class with that awful, awful? no, awesome yeah. uh, yoga, that, well, endorphin buzz, that yoga buzz. You come away feeling great, you feel connected. You've spent some serious time on your in your body, really thinking and connecting with your mind, thinking and connecting, realizing what's going on with you, that you come away feeling so much more clear, you, you're connected. Um, and the odds are you're going to notice when shit comes up in real life too you're going to notice that yes this meeting or presentation or what a bit of work it's uncomfortable it's difficult it's making you work in ways that perhaps you might not want to it's pushing you it's stretching you and but much like warrior one it too will pass okay. it will and you'll come out of it and you'll feel so much better for it and stronger for it because the next time you come up with that kind of project boom it's much easier because you've done it before you've practiced it before you've sat in that discomfort and you know you can come out of it again the other side um and so that's where your yoga is completely and utterly transferable into real life yeah and that's where it's in, it's uh, as much as yoga teachers will always say you know if you really can't do something come out go to child's pose what have you but really if you if you you know try and use your breath and use your mind to stay there and be strong because it pays off it always pays off it absolutely does if you really really are struggling if you're shaking you're lightheaded yeah. if you're hurting it's yeah totally Totally yeah, totally out. different. Do come out. 
But if it's just a bit of a freaking deep quad burn, <laughs> yeah, stay in the pose, guys. Stay in the pose. Persevere. The benefits will pay off. Exactly. Um, I remember I went to, so Marcy and I climbed a small mountain in the Lake District. I can't remember what it was. Um, a couple, like last month sometime. And we got back on the Monday and on the Tuesday, I went to George's yoga class and it was all... <laughs> warriors and warrior three and i don't know if you guys have walked up or down a mountain but it beasts your ankles doesn't it absolutely all your lower leg muscles everything are just tired and just fucked and oh man i had leg doms i can't remember where hurt i think it was my quads and hamstrings and my calves (laughs) and ankles were sore not sore sore but just sore and um i went to north's class I was like, I couldn't balance, could I? I was wobbling all over the place. I was yeah, like, there was one legged. You couldn't, yeah, you were couldn't all over the place. Could not balance. No. It was literally like my ankle muscles were like, we have done enough over this last weekend, Howarth. No, put both feet on the floor. And it was just funny. It was, there were days like that where you're going to have to just accept the fact that you've perhaps done a little too much. And yeah, they're the days to come out of the pose. Whereas other days, if I'd have gone in fresh, which I then did, the following week or maybe it was two weeks ago your first one again um there were more warriors in there and it was like yes I'm going to hold in this I'm going to deep really get deep into it and hold the poses because my body was feeling a lot more ready for it I think I'd even done leg day the day before so it was proper burning I think everyone in the class had had a really heavy leg day hadn't they and everyone was like oh my god but for the most part we were all trying to get into it get into that deep pose and persevere and push through to really get the benefits of the yoga practice it was great I hope that some of your yogis listen to this because at the retreat they asked me and other people have asked me this before but they a lot of them walked out of one of their classes at the weekend saying oh my god oh warrior oh legs burning blah 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 you know oh almost like Alex is mean stuff like that you know obviously in a jokey way I mean in it um and I did say to them, don't worry, guys. I definitely do get revenge on this. Hey. <laughs> and Alex comes to my class and I definitely make her stay in there for 10 breaths as well. She really does, guys. No, she no. really does. Um, no, just, that's just a little side note. I hope some yeah. yogis listening and realising it goes both ways. I hope so. I plugged, I plugged the podcast a lot over the weekend. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Lovely. Do you have so any more notes on happiness? I Nope, I've covered no, everything I want to think cover. So. Yeah, we've definitely gone all the way round. Um, yep. Good, good That's topic. It. Love it. Yeah. Do you feel happier now? I do. <laughs> Next time we have got journaling, which I'm I'm always excited to learn about. It's, we've, we've said it before. It's something Alex does and something I don't do. Sometimes I dabble, sometimes I start. It has never become a consistent habit. And I do like to relearn about it all the time because... I would like to do it one day. So I look forward to chatting about that next time. Yeah, that'd be really good. I love a journal. Um, That is everything, isn't it, Dawn? That is, yeah. Please make sure you like, follow, subscribe, share with all your friends and family. Leave us reviews. I did. Leave us reviews. Listen to us on all of the usual Spotify. Spotify? Spotify's one of them, but all of the usual podcast platforms. I couldn't say platforms. Yeah, Yeah, platforms. So Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, everywhere. Um, Yep, everywhere. And yeah, the reviews really, really, really do help. So please go and do it. Um, I know there's one person that listens every week. 
and she's still not left us a review even though every time I see her she goes oh, I need to leave you a review oh, <laughs> so hopefully this little note here reminds little reminder yeah. little reminder awesome. um I know she loves it so it's it, it it'll be lovely if she can and if you love it too please 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 do uh i think that's everything isn't it yeah that is enjoy lovely. thanks so much dawny i definitely feel happier now we've done this podcast good it's always a nice thing to talk about and think about and it just just puts a smile on people's faces i hope it does. lovely yeah. right i'll speak to you next time speak to you next time bye, bye.